remember the times that you prayed for the things that you have now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us like so many things. And you know, we kind of don't think about when we get in those things, we're always kind of like looking at the next thing. But we never kind of look at the blessings that He's giving us every single day and those things that we used to pray for when we were younger. Remember the times that you prayed for the things that you have now. Exercising would be so much more rewarding if calories screamed while you burnt them. Welcome to the One Four in the Sink podcast, ladies and gents. My name is Anis and Foz is here. Hi, everyone. And the Burpee King, Mo Kankara, is here. Hi, everyone. How's it going? It's a pleasure to be here. Assalamu alaikum. Hello, my friends. Muslims. Muslims. Muslim Lifestyle Podcast. What do you think the podcast is about? I think it's about Muslims because you put your foot in the sink when you do a do. It's about a story called the Ghostbusters. So Foz, does your calorie scream when you work out? Imagine your calorie screaming if you're working out. It's like, I'm just trying to picture it. Like, like ah! Like, <laughs> you're trying to work out. I would stop working out. Just... <laughs> But then you, I guess it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I was doing a burpee, all the, my calories would be screaming so loud. So welcome, welcome, Mo. Is this your first time on a podcast? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be talking about what I love doing. It's a pleasure to have you. Mo, you're the fitness guru. So you're ready to um, give us a little bit of a workout? Um, I can give you guys a workout. How about we all do... No, it's fine. <laughs> Just tell us about it, it's fine. You'll hear the screaming through the mic if you give us a workout. How about we all do 10 burpees right now? Yeah, let's do that. Let's get pumped for the show. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm just going to step away from the mic and do my burpees. Awesome, you do that. We'll make a video. <laughs> oh, that was your calorie scream. Yeah. yeah. That, was that, Anise. that was just me getting off yeah. the seat. So you've heard my calorie screaming, you've heard Anissa's calorie screaming. How would your calorie scream, Mo? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if they. <laughs> I think Mo doesn't have any calories. So his body doesn't scream anymore. He squeezes them up. They're like, oh, he's doing the burpees again. Oh, here we go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we get on with the show? Let's do this. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So let's get into our opening question. If you had a gym, what would be unique about your gym? Foz, you go first. Thanks, Anis. That's very nice of you. So, I guess, what would be unique about my gym? I would have a burger joint right at the front. So as you enter, you eat your burger, you feel fat, you feel unhealthy, you have some soda, Coke, other brands are available. So you would <laughs> <laughs> you would have some Coke and then you just feel unhealthy. And then there's a gym right in front of you. You go there, you go, yeah, I'm pumped up to burn, burn some energy, burn, lose the weight. Yeah, that would be unique about my gym. And maybe if you don't want to kind of put that, you know, have that little cheat meal to get you motivated to work out, then you just go straight in and work out. <laughs> that would be awesome. Awesome burgers. Because whenever I eat something bad, you always feel like, oh man, I have to work this out, or I need to go and work it out, work out and burn off the calories. You get it both in one now, isn't it? You could eat bad, work out, come out for a meal with your friends, you will go work out. <laughs> <laughs> so would you have these special weight skills right, right next to when you're eating to see exactly how much you put on? Ah, oh, that's a good idea. Yes, I would. <laughs> or you could track your calories in my fitness pal and then see, okay, this is how much I need to burn off. So if you've got like a thousand calorie meal 
Yeah, and you could probably link it. I have a bi- I have a big screen up on it, right? So you, whatever you order, Mokankara is having twenty thousand calories, <laughs> and then you're gonna have to work that out, bro. Your name's on the screen. <laughs> names on the screen. <laughs> Everyone knows when you walk in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's my answer. Right, Mo, over to you. For me, I think one of the most annoying things I found about gyms, anyway, is um, you know when people leave their weights out. And they don't put them away. And sometimes you go into the gym, maybe at the end of the day, and it's like nobody's bothered cleaning them up or whatever. And you just find free weights just strewn everywhere. You, you know, it, they're just all over the place. I think yeah. one of the things my gym would do is whoever left that weight out, whatever that weight was, that's how many burpees you have to do. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Dude. Oh, you could do my answer. <laughs> so like, if you've been doing like, I don't know, I guess like dumbbell bench presses with like 50 kg weights, each, right? You're gonna have to do a hundred burpees, wow. hundred burpees to to kind of kind of make up for it. <laughs> that would be one clean gym. You could call that the OCD gym. It'll be clean, no mess. Everyone will clean up after everything. That's it, man. That's a good name for the gym. It needs thinking on the spot now. Well, so my my answer is going to be something very similar to what Mo said. So you know when you go to the gym, and you always have that hero standing in front of the mirror and just with the phone all they're interested in, like in, in doing is recording their workouts because they put a post on facebook saying i'm going to the gym so now they have to put some pictures about them going to the gym so every time they're doing some sort of workout they you know they got the phones out and the guns have you been out. following my instagram by any chance <laughs> <laughs> so in my gym anyone caught doing that will have to do burpees so if you're doing a selfie so you're going to do a burpee. If you're doing a video, you're going to, you're going to have to do like, you know, 10 times those burpees. Oh. My gym will be full of people with like some, you know, really nice glutes. Glutes. <laughs> full of burpees. And for anyone that doesn't know what burpees are, Google it, look at it, try it. Do five and you'll be exhausted. No, you know what we should do? For anyone who doesn't know what burpees are, what we'll do is after the show's over, we'll get Mo Kankara to do a video of doing 10 burpees. And uh, we'll post it on um, on our social media. Get it from the pro. There is a. I, I actually found there's a, there's actually two different kinds of burpees. So there's a regular burpee, and then I found the CrossFit burpee. And the CrossFit burpee is way easier. And I don't know why people don't utilize it more, but nobody can tell the difference. If they're looking at somebody doing a burpee, they just think I'm doing a regular burpee. Uh, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to get to record a video of doing 10 burpees of the normal way and 10 burpees oh, of damn. the CrossFit way. <laughs> and then what we'll do is we'll get Foz also doing those videos as well. And then Anise will do double no, exactly no, what yeah. I'll, you you summarize it them. and do both of you. You'll make up for both of us. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Right, so our guest on the show today is Mo Kankara, and the reason we wanted him to get him on the show, just to share everybody his story, really, um, and why he's an inspiration. He's a personal friend for me and Anise, and we've known him since high school. When I think about Mo, we know when we were in high school, it was I wouldn't associate fitness with Mo or anything like that, so you wouldn't think about it. But compared to now, it's very, very kind of prominent. Like if I think of fitness, the first thing that comes to mind is Mo. Like the way he's transformed his himself, the way he kind of his, his dedication to fitness is like it's unbelievable the amount of transformation so the reason we wanted to bring him onto the podcast was not only just to share some useful advice on what ha- what helped him transform key things motivations and just kind of get an insight into um, his journey really and to what, what were the key triggers for him to transform and kind of get on this fitness thing 
Thank you, Mo, for agreeing to be on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Let's get this underway. So, um, well, I have a question. Do we call you Mo or do we call you Mohammed? Call me Mo. Call me Mohammed. Call me Muddy Beard. Call me Your Highness. <laughs> call me Susan if it makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Your Highness. So, <laughs> so yeah. So let's uh, let's 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 get underway. So Mo, let's start from the beginning, I guess. Your high school time. So tell tell us about yourself. How you were in high school when you think back and look back at your your life. I think when I when I think back to my time in in high school, I wasn't really that. Um, I guess like sports oriented. I wasn't part of any like school football team or school cricket team or anything. Despite not not for a lack of trying, I, I did try to get into them, but I know. I guess uh, uh, Mr. Taylor didn't like me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you mean our our PE teacher? Yes. <laughs> so he didn't he didn't really uh, see the potential that I had. I guess <laughs> at that at that point in my life. But then again, I wasn't really that into like fitness. I did well with things like cross country running, but then again, I was like a small kid, so you know, being able to run long distances wasn't too much of a too much of an effort for me. Um, I did like playing football. Um, there was one time that I did actually make the school football team, and I was, I was made to made to play in this um, centenary cup final. I don't know if you remember that, Anis. And before half time, we'd let in three goals, and all of them were at that. <laughs> <laughs> because of me, <laughs> so I got taken off at half time, um, and then after that, I was never called back. That's <laughs> obviously stuck with you. <laughs> yes. and since then, you've been playing fantasy football. <laughs> exactly, I could have been. I could have been a footballer. I don't. I, well, we never know now. So, um, but then, um, then uh, in in Bill again, I wasn't really that much into sports or anything. And sorry, I'm sixth form. I wasn't really that into sports, um, but. Well, when I got to university again, it wasn't, it wasn't something that, you know, it was something that interested me. We played five aside every now and then, but not something that, you know, I would constantly, you know, constantly go after. So at what point in your life did it kind of switch for you and you thought, okay, I need to do something? Um, so I guess it was like about, it was about five or six years after I'd left university. And then, um, like some of my, some of my work colleagues, um, that, that I used to work with, they were into working out and stuff, you know, and it was never like an interest for me. But then one day, it was like one of the guys was like, just come to the gym with me, like, just see what I do. And this guy had huge arms, like his arms were the size of my thighs. Right? And um, he used to have to get all of his suits custom made. But I was like, you know, I'm just interested to see like what he gets out of going to this gym. You know, so I went along with him and he put me through a workout and it was a standard bodybuilding type workout. And I kind of like, you know, like the day after, you know, I kind of felt the, the pain, you know, like the, the delayed onset muscle mm. soreness, you know. The I type of pain, pain. the type of pain it. that when you try to sit down on the sofa, you just <laughs> say, nah, I'd uh, rather stand. And uh, not just that, once you get comfortable, you don't want to get up. It's <laughs> like, it's going to kill yeah. your muscles. Yeah, yeah, Or Or the type of pain where, you know, if someone says, pass me the salt, <laughs> and you reach for it, and you're like, nah, you get it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that was, that was the kind of pain I felt. And I just thought, okay, like, Obviously, it wasn't an enjoyable experience because that pain had set in, but he was like, this is what you need to go. And, you know, the pain's not there forever. And he kind of said that, and that kind of stuck with me. And he said, the pain won't be there forever. The more you do it, the more the pain's going to go away, the more you'll see, the more you'll adapt to to that, to that kind of training. 
I wanted to get into kind of, you know, working out because everyone used to comment on how skinny I was. You know, my, my neck used to go on for days. <laughs> you can mm. see it was like you are there. That's, that's really interesting because a lot of people, and it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on this because a lot of people would get into fitness or trying to do something about fitness because they're overweight. So what was it about being skinny that made you think that you needed to change? It was, it was the fact that, you know, it was like, I need to put on size. Um, mm. I need to be, but it doesn't, it doesn't bode well when you buy small t-shirts and they hang off you like you like a hanger. <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of, okay, like maybe, maybe I need to do something. I would say I didn't have a belly or anything at that point, but mm. I was getting a slight punch. So I was becoming this like skinny fat guy. <laughs> Rest of me was skinny, but I was having like this, it was like a string with a knot in the middle. <laughs> it was like that. For me, it's just a big knot. <laughs> Are you doing well, Foz? You look bigger as well. I'm not sure if that's uh that's the knot. <laughs> so, yeah, so you spoke about you just wanted to change something. And obviously that doesn't happen overnight. So what were the kind of key things that made, like the trigger points that for you that kind of pushed you into that phase that I need to do something, I'm going to I'm gonna do something and stick to it? The key thing was, I guess, like seeing the changes. Like once you see, okay, you know, like I work chest and, you know, over the past three months and my chest size has gone bigger you know work arms and my arm size has gone bigger and you notice in the clothes you're wearing as well because you're going up in sizes and mm. you know you're getting like a nice peak on your bicep or you know like your tricep heads are like showing through mm. and you know you kind of think okay you know what it is working but maybe it's not the most exciting routine but it does work it, it gives you results uh, mm. the bonus the other thing was um i was able to eat pretty much what i liked and you know it was um i can still stave off the belly <laughs> gets us all eventually. I just want to kind of touch on that so quickly. So one of the first points I want to go into is where you mentioned how quickly do you start seeing results? Because if someone starts speaking, if someone listens to this and they hear, okay, yeah, I want to try it, like, and then a week later they don't see any results, like how quickly, how soon after did you have to keep going to see results? I think it was like pretty much in the first month you see like massive changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of the changes that occurred will happen in that first month. But then after that, it's all about, you know, how much more do you want to grow? How much more in size do you want to grow? At the same time, like, I'm able to eat pretty much what I like. Um, that's that's the know. other thing I want to pick up on. The second time you said that, I can eat whatever I want. And some people were thinking, like, say, what? Like, eat whatever you want. Are you sure? Like, just talk a bit more about that. Yeah, so, so, I mean, that's initially, like, when you first discover you go to the gym and then, you know, you're burning the ex- extra calories and, you know, that time, you, you know, I was in my 20s, early 20s, you know, you're kind of like finding the balance whereby, let's just say, you know, when you eat a burger, well, a burger and chips, you know. When you eat a burger and chips, no, it doesn't have, it doesn't have an effect. So if I was not working out, that would go straight to my belly. But when I'm working out, it was like, oh, this is protein, this is carbs, this is good fats, or this is fat, you know, that this is stuff that I need in order to, you know, make me feel and perform better, mm-hmm. you know. But you're not realizing that at the same time, these are trans fats, this is crappy protein, <laughs> this is not good carbs, and, you know, these are the things that are going to eventually make you feel bad. And So just on that, yeah. how do you know what's trans fats, bad proteins, or bad carbs? Like, I mean, generally speaking, the bad carbs that should be avoided, there's anything that's... That's like white bread, you know. I would say gluten is mm. probably, you know, any any gluten type foods, because gluten has been been researched a lot over the past few years, and and they found that you know it causes inflammation in the body. On occasion, yeah, you can get away with it, um, but some people react very badly to it. 
we have a website, um, alarpaleo.com, that, that started with a friend of mine that you guys know yeah, about. Definitely yeah. check it out because there's, there's useful tips on things that Mo's talking about, like trans fats, good carbs. So if you were listening to this and you were thinking about, you know, what are good proteins, good carbs, you know, you can get kind of a, a good kind of initial overview over there. Yeah, and also if yeah. you're struggling yeah. for some recipes, go to the website and sign up to the recipe guide. It's pretty good if you just want to have a manuscript of what you want to eat for about a month. It's a good starting point. And um, one of the other things that we're doing, or we're, we're currently in the planning stages of, of doing, is kind of setting up a, a thing whereby, you know, anyone that's interested in, in, you know, eating for wellness, not necessarily just for losing fat. Um, we kind of say losing fat, we don't say losing weight, because there's a lot of diets out there that say, yeah, you can lose weight, but you lose muscle mass. But yeah, so in terms of losing fat, and in terms of, you know, building muscle, or in terms of maintaining, or in just terms of just feeling better about yourself, and, and you know, um, perhaps even reversing some autoimmune conditions that you may have. We're, we're putting together a, a auto-responding emails, which are going to go out to people, you know, that are, that are in different stages of the journey. So um, everything that underpins, and I think I'm going to come onto this while we're talking over this podcast, but um, everything stems from why. So once once people think about their why and why they're doing something, then it just becomes that much more easy to kind of implement changes, you know, in terms of fitness, in terms of food in terms of your recovery and these are all blocks that overall build a, a better version of yourself so yeah I'm, you know we'll be glad to share that with you guys when you come over sign up to the newsletter and uh, yeah it, it, it should be ready uh, i would say within the next two to three months so yeah it's an ongoing ongoing is still part of halalpaleo.com Yes, it is, yeah, halalpaleo.com. There will also be, uh, we've had a number of people that have approached us, and I guess one of the reasons why, and I think some of the people that might be listening to this, might, you know, who may be aware of us, uh, probably know that we've not been on the boil since Ramadan, um, but we've been getting together all of this stuff in the background. We create, like, recipe videos and things like that, but we're just trying to find the right frame to, to put mm. it out in. Um, so we don't want people just to take the recipe videos and just, oh, yeah, I'm going to start making loads of these and eat these, and, you know, that that. It's not going to be healthy. <laughs> um, it's just like an alternative way of eating or, or creating certain foods that we've created videos for. And, uh, yeah, once they take that, then, um, you know, they'll be on the way to, to making lasting changes. And I think that's really useful because I think when you touched on it, like the why, everyone has different why they want to do things. And so what are the kind of key things? So you talked about how you change your body size, how you change increased performance. How about things like more on a personal level or resources, reading or family? I think, was there any other key, really key motivations for you that you wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I guess the, the biggest motivation for me, I, I, I think, was family, you know, because I thought to myself, you know, like, I guess we all have family, you know, like elders in our family that take pills um, just to remain stable and normal. You know, I kind of thought everyone sees this as normal, you know, like taking pills. You know, when you get to a certain age, you're going to have to start taking statins or cholesterol lowering, lowering drugs, but blood pressure medication and, you know, maybe diabetes medication and, you know, things like that. And, every, you know, kind of like in our culture, I guess this South Asian culture, culture as a whole, we kind of see it as normal. You know, this is the way it goes, right? It's just... But we don't actually pinpoint why that's happening. So we don't look at the fact that it's not just genetics that are at play here. You know, that, yeah, genetics and hereditary diseases do play a part somewhat, but probably about 10%. And I've 
I'll find where I got that from, <laughs> and yeah. I'll, I'll provide the resources for that. But yeah, but it probably pays about ten percent. But the other ninety percent is down to you and what you're putting inside your body, and you know how active you are and things like that. So mm-hmm. you know, once you kind of like have that in your head, and that, that's what I had in my head. I was like, kind of, you know, this isn't normal. And you know, my grandmother shouldn't be taking you know so many pills for her age. We, we kind of like almost expect it to happen to our parents, you know, and it's just it's sad that you know that's the mm-hmm. way it goes. So I kind of thought to myself, you know, I read a lot, I read a lot around the subject. Um, so I started reading into nutrition and maintaining an active lifestyle and I thought, okay, I want to change things. Like I want to, you know, the, the buck stops with me because if I don't change, then nobody else is going to change. Nobody's going to do what I tell them to do. And if I'm not doing it myself, so mm. I kind of like use myself as a guinea pig even um, mm. to kind of see, okay, you know, what kind of um, dietary changes can I make? What kind of active lifestyle changes can I make? You know, Spartan races and tough mothers and things like that. And we kind of stumbled on these. So mm. what happened was me and a few colleagues of mine, decided we were going to do a Tough Mudder, so we'd signed up for this Tough Mudder, you know, race. And I kind of thought, you know, the guys that I knew had run Tough Mudder before, they, they were like rugby players and, you know, like big guys, like huge six foot fives, like, you know, those were the guys that would be, and I was like, oh man, what am I going to do out there, like, you know, and, you know, you look at all the videos and they're there to scale, you know, like, kind of like, oh my God, there's electric shocks, there's like <laughs> ice, there's, there's heights, there's like, there's, that you got caught through mud and, you know, you just got everything that you would, you know, how can that be fun? Yeah. <laughs> right? Everyone thinks of it like that, you know. Was Tough Mudder the first obstacle course race that you did? Yeah, it was it was the first one that I did. And when we got there, it wasn't so bad. You know, it was like you had a team, uh, we had good camaraderie in the team. We had like, you know, a couple of the guys that were like helping everyone, you know, because they'd already done a Tough Mudder before, so they were helping everyone through. And, you know, it was like, the, I, I guess the biggest thing was um, the running. Um, it was like 12 miles, but, you know, I'd never run that kind of distance in my life, but it's all broken up by obstacles, so it's not like you're running 12 miles in one straight shot, you know, um, but when you got, when, when we finished it, it was like, yeah, again, again, like, you know, I want to do the next you one. You got the book. Well, what can we do next? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was, I heard for a week afterwards, but it was like, hang on, I'm hurting muscle groups that I've not used. So I, I knew I needed to change my training uh, for the next one. I knew I needed to change my running because I got really bad shin splints. What happened was I, I went away. I read, ra- read read around more about you know my injuries and things that I picked up and how can I get better at this and you know and that why was always in the background. It was kind of like well if I do this then it will force me to lead a healthier lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I will you know how how am I going to get more greens into my diet? How can I ensure that I can train every single day? Um, how can I make sure that I'm not overtrained? Well, overtraining is such a, a buzzword term that people use nowadays. That I'm overtrained. I can't train anymore. You know, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's overtraining. It's more under recovery. You're under recovery. You're not stretching enough. You're not sleeping enough. You're not eating enough. You know, enough. And that's kind of like what leads to overtraining. Whereas if you look at professional athletes, like footballers and, you know, rugby players and whoever, like runners and athletes and professional, you know, people that are being paid to do this sport, they, train every single day, you know, maybe take one day off in a week. And I'm thinking, how do they, how do they get to that level? And how can we not achieve that level? Mm-hmm. And it's just a case of they identified these are the things that work. And then they, you know, they've implemented it into their life. One of the things I want to mention about, you know, you said athletes train every day. Mm-hmm. We train every day too, bro. <laughs> it's the, it's the prayers. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't know about you, yeah. but you know, sometimes when I've had a workout and my hamstrings are like fired up, and then um, I'm praying my salah, and I go down into ruku. It's you know I go down so a little bit extra up. just to give it give it a stretch. <laughs> when you come back up, <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's that's yeah. when you go in a sajda. 
when you go that's in your sasha but when you go in your ruku you know you, <laughs> oh, yeah, that little you know, your hands stretch. and your knees yeah. and I'm I, all I'm doing is I'm thinking about my form I'm thinking to my back straight because you know the sunnah is your back has to be straight yeah. so I'm thinking my form okay you know my form is good let me just spend a little bit more time here and then you know I go up <laughs> And then, you know, you hip flexion, you know, yeah, absolutely, man. and then like, you go back down in your sajda, yeah. and then, you know, like Foz was saying, you do your push-up. So yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do the hamstring one now. I always do the push-up one, but yeah, but I'm, I'm a typical hero, guys, and always thinking about upper body, but yeah, it's a good shout. <laughs> so Mo, I just want to touch upon some of the things that you said. Mm-hmm. So in the time that I known you, you're, you know, the early days where you were very skinny and we used to make fun of you of not being on the, any team. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> There was a period where when we went to university, so we didn't see much of each other. And then I saw you again and, you know, you were this completely different guy who was looking very athletic. And then you to- you were the first one to tell me about obstacle course running. I had no idea what it was. And then you kept going on about this thing called Tough Mudder, which I thought, <laughs> you know, you're just running in mud. But it was, exactly it was you who... <laughs> Yeah. But it was you who inspired me to take part in an obstacle course run because you you do this quite a lot, mm-hmm. right? And you mentioned that uh, one of the one of the reasons why you do it is because it's quite addictive. But how how do you how do you train for these things now? Because you know, in my mind, when I first did it, I, although I completed it, I was not ready for a lot of the things that came at me. Because from from what it seems, like tough mother is like everyday things. But just made a little bit harder. So how how do you train for it? Okay. The the um the, the number one thing that I would say to anyone is if you undertake any of these challenges, number one, like have your why, your mindset correct. So why are you doing this? You know, because when you're in some of these races, and I've been to some pretty dark races where it's like, you know, you've got you know you've got wind coming at you. Um, you've got, and that's not just because Bob's in front of me on the course. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, is it wind from the people in front of you? But you've got, you've, you're, you're kind of like, you've been chucked in the pond, and you come out, you've got this, this, um, you know, wind chill that's there in the air, and you're pretty much shivering, um, you're, you're going like, you know, you're bordering on like hypothermia in some of these races as well, depending on the time of year that you do them. Um, and at that moment in time, you kind of think to yourself, why am I doing this? Like, what, what's to stop me? Nobody is stopping me right now. If I want to walk off the course right now, nobody's there to stop me. You know, nobody's there. I'd rather go back, you know, like, go back to my car, you know, switch on the heat, a full blast, and just sit there, wait for these guys to finish or whatever, right? But then it's the why that keeps you going. So, you know, it's, you, you have to have, like, a really strong reason as to why you're doing this. So you want to prove that, you know, okay, if you lead a healthy lifestyle, done your training, you know that that's going to pay off. Do you not know, think though that it's also a good way to motivate you? Because I I was inspired again by you doing these races and I'm thinking I saw you do it, then I saw another friend do it, then I saw another friend do it, and then I thought I want to do it. But then signing up for it then motivated me to kind of go to all these um, start up the fitness regimes, go to all these training things, and go to the like wild forest gym, like going there and learning how to climb, things like that. It pushed me hard to do to kind of try and get fit for it. Absolutely, yeah. So when you get some skin in the game, like you know you signed up for a race, it's kind of like oh now you have to do the training. And I found that the more people you tell, the more you have to like <laughs> hold yourself accountable. Like you know okay, like you know these people know I'm done doing this. 
to race. You know, I, I need to, I need to, you know, perform at this, at this particular race. So, so one of the things that I do is in terms of training for these types of races, um, I always have like a plan. I always have my workouts planned for the next three months. Um, as to what I'm going to be doing in terms of like, you know, and these, these all feed into the overall goal. The overall goal, goal is just to be a healthier version of myself than I was last year or six months ago, you know, or a fitter version of myself than I was six months ago. So if I got like a, a certain time that I want to be, then I know that if I do these certain things, then I'm going to get there. But these things have to go into my, go into my schedule. So I have to go into my training plan as to what I'm going to be doing. You know, we can go into the nuts and bolts of the actual training, but what I found really worked for me was doing compound uh, lifts in my workouts, squats, your deadlifts, and your bench pressing. They're the, th- they're the three things that are going to immensely help your strength. Um, but secondly, um, high intensity interval training, um, or, you know, CrossFit style Metcons. Um, I've, I've started, I've just taken up CrossFit quite recently, and I think it's really helped take my performance to the next level. And what high intensity interval training basically is, is basically doing a lot of work in a very short amount of time. It will leave you out of breath. It will leave you thinking, why the hell am I doing this? But it will give you the fastest results in terms of fat loss and in terms of your performance. So what will happen is that translates over to your running and your running will improve because what's happened is the rate at which your body can use that oxygen to feed your muscles, otherwise known as your VO2 max, is going to, is going to improve. And when that improves, you kind of see all these changes coming together and that kind of feeds the overall purpose of your goal. If you try, try to understand what I'm trying to say with you know, you kind of feel like, you know, when, once you see it working, you kind of think, okay, now if I can take this and translate it over to a race, you know, it's, it's going to give me a better result. It's going to give me a better time. It's going to give me, you know, it's going to be, allow me to do this. Um, and I guess the number one thing about obstacle course races with a lot of people don't attempt them for this particular reason is they have a fear of certain obstacles. Like, I don't want to be chucked into water. I mean, I don't like water. I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to swim. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not I'm not a very strong swimmer like you, like you guys know from when we've been on holiday. Anyway, I'm not very I'm I'm not a very strong swimmer. We also know that you don't like moths either. <laughs> yes. He's the strongest guy out of all of us now. If you put a moth in front of him, he will scream. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to know, like you, we've talked about OCR training a lot and OCR. So how many have you done? What have you done to date? Like in Spartan Tough Murder, what 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 have you done? I've done about. I think six or seven races now. I've done Tough Mudder twice. I've done um, Spartan Sprint, uh, which is just the shortest distance. Um, I guess the first time we did it was because it was on our doorstep, so we've done that twice. We did the Spartan Super back in May. We did a race called the Dirty Dozen, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. We're, we're doing a race in two weeks, Spartan Beast, um, which is a, probably the most insane <laughs> challenge that any of us have undertaken. It's 13 miles. Oh. And it's in, it's got a lot of hills and oh. there's a lot of water as well, apparently. Um, and there's a lot of carries. You know, if I, if I was, if I was designing a course for you, Mo, um, I wouldn't put any obstacles. I would just put moths. I'll, 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 I'll design these little tunnels for you to run through full of moths. Oh my God, man. That would be uh, like the, the worst thing ever. But you'll overcome it, like we've seen. Um, through all of this, how has um, Islam played a role in your focus, your, I guess, discipline or whatever, just, just helping you get to where you, your goals? One of the things, you know, like Islam, like we kind of forget about this and, and, you know, we kind of learn about it when we listen to the seerah and, you know, when we read, you know, the accounts of, you know, the Sahaba or the Prophet you know, these guys were willing to do anything, like, you know, just on the basis of faith. 
right? Um, so they would go hungry. That they would fight battles, you know, on that hunger. Um, they would, you know, they would be fasting, and and you know, they never missed a prayer. You know, they would, you know, like war was no excuse to miss a prayer. They would still pray. You know, it was kind of like, you know, they they were the ultimate, like in terms of training, like they they should be, you know, it shouldn't be any of these guys that we see on TV and with other CrossFit games or anything like that. But those guys were like the ultimate type of, you know, they they had such a level, such a high level of faith. That they would be able to undertake any task at the proper levels and would say that this is what we need to do for the sake of Islam and for the sake of Allah and, you know, and we kind of forgotten that. Um, mm. all of us have, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, one of the things that we kind of need to remind ourselves constantly. I would say that physical training, um, as in like eating healthier and training more, um, has actually made me a strong Muslim because one of the things that I kind of now I kind of live by is, how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're, if you're in the gym and you're doing, you know, like a CrossFit-style workout and you're counting your reps, and let's just say one of your reps is a bad form, which is a no rep, technically, then, so nobody's going to pull you up and say, um, you know, that was a no rep if, if nobody's watching you. But you know in your heart that it wasn't right. Um, so that's something that you kind of, like, make up. So in the same way, like, you know, we approach us a lot, and, you know, how many times have we, you know, started us a lot and, start thinking about other things, you know, it's kind of like concentration isn't there. And so, so that's one of the things that I'm working towards as well is it's kind of like, how do I get more concentration in my salah? How do I, again, it's that thing, how you do anything is how you do everything. It's kind of made me want to take the level that I take my training and apply it to, you know, how I approach religion. And, and that's how it should be. That should be number one, you know. And one of the things that stuck with me is um, one of the things that, that my mom said uh, a couple of years ago when I, you know, didn't use to pray for you. She goes, how strong are you really if you can't push the duvet off your body pad? And that kind of like struck a nerve. Moms always know what to say. <laughs> that is a really good one. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is pretty good. You, should, you know, we should make a meme yeah, out of that. Yeah, you should. Uh, <laughs> that be a viral meme. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good one. I'll be hanging that up in my uh, imaginary gym. <laughs> but it's interesting what you said, Mo, because... Yeah. You know, you said when you, when you train for these Spartan races, it, you always ask yourself about your question about what's your why, what's your why. So I guess we we probably need to have have that same principle when we approach Islam as well, right? What is our why? Why are we here? What is our purpose in life? Because sometimes we get sucked into this world um, and we forget mm-hmm. about why we we we're actually here. So. I guess if we start uh, implementing that in all aspects of our life, not just training, but also in terms of how we live our life and, you know, our approach to Islam, we always need to remember what is our why. Absolutely. That's, that's one of the things as well that we kind of like try to take. And I think, um, uh, I mean, both of you guys know Bob. Um, so he, you know, we kind of like help each other through, you know, like in terms of like our, our, our salah and stuff. So, you know, for the listeners, Bob is, uh, uh, business partner for Halal Paleo, and um, he's also one of our long-standing uh, good friends. And um, one of the things that we do is when we go to races or when we go to a certain place, you know, we won't miss Salah. So we'll pray in the car park, we'll pray. So I remember like one time somebody asked, you know, like uh, we, we mentioned that we're praying Salah, somebody um, that was with us, that was with us on the, on the course, and, and he said, aren't you tired? And I was like, well, God, God doesn't care that we've just done a tough mother, you know, like 12 miles or whatever. God doesn't care about that. God, God only cares about what's due to Him, right? And, and the five daily prayers are due to Him, you know? Um, so I guess that's one of the things that we kind of take, 
And I say that, you know, one of the things that I think myself and Bob both embody now is kind of like, you know, don't delay everything by your salah. So, you know, even if like you're going to the gym, you're having a workout, whatever, you know, you might run out of time um, for praying that particular salah. But, you know, this earth was created for us to worship Allah, right? So all of earth is, is kind of like a, a, a prayer room. Like if you've got access to water, which we have, alhamdulillah, you know, you can do quick ablution and you know where the direction of the Qibla is, then alhamdulillah, you can pray. And uh, yeah, so I guess like one of the things that, you know, like we, we kind of say we need to look at why uh, we do a certain thing. Always have that as like, you know, if, you, if your reason is to please Allah, uh, ultimately, like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're not just doing this for aesthetics, you're not just doing this for the medal or shiny medal at the end of a particular race. I see these races, like, you know, although these races are there, and um, I see these races as a test of fitness. And um, somebody once told me a story that, you know, Spartan, they used to run these races called the death race, um, in America. And these death races, they used to be, they called death race. So it's kind of implied that, you know, people will die on this course if they don't <laughs> do certain things, right? But yeah, these are like insane 48 hour, 60 hour crucibles type, you know, races. And they ask you to memorize things and they, you know, they, they, you know, you have to meet certain checkpoints by a certain cut of time. Uh, and if you don't meet those checkpoints, then you get cut out of the race. And, uh, I read this story about, um, these guys that were basically doing this race and, um, they got to a certain checkpoint four minutes after it closed and the marshals are packing up. They were leaving. They were like, "Sorry, guys, you missed the checkpoint. You missed the cutoff, so you're out of the race." You know. And these guys were complete fit about, you know, oh, you know, like we work so hard to get here, blah blah blah, just on the other, you know. Um, and these, uh, this this woman that had also missed the cutoff point, so she'd run up just behind them, and the the marshal says, "Sorry, you know, you've you've missed the cutoff. You're out of this race." She like the difference in attitude between these two people was that the woman said. Can I continue to race anyway and finish? Because I just want to see what time I get. Right? Um, and the, these other guys were just like, just basically, you know, crying by the side of the road, um, type thing, where, whereas the woman just carried on. And it was like, that's, that's the, that's the attitude that, that you, you should have in life. You shouldn't be doing it for like a, a menial thing or, you know, like, you know, short term, you know, medal, you know, things like that, you should be, you know, she wanted to know that if her fitness was up to standard for her to be able to finish this death race, alright, she might not meet the time cut off, but then next year she knows that at least she's done it once, then she can go for the time again the following year, you know, and and that's the difference. So approach everything as like a test of fitness and a test of your faith. Um, so you're, you know, if you're constantly testing your fitness and you're constantly growing in your faith, um, then inshallah, you know, you'll be successful. But yeah, that's good. And from myself, another kind of the last kind of few things, if you had to give three tips to somebody on how to stay motivated, like your top three things, just focus on this. What would you, what kind of advice would you give? Okay. So number one, and I think we've, we've said this throughout is, is find out your why, but you basically set a goal. Um, so, and you want to work towards that goal. So when you set a goal, you know, it could be an OCR. It could be you want to compete at the CrossFit Games or, you know, you could be, you want to, you know, just be healthier, right? Mm-hmm. Really visualize what that is. And this is, it's completely your sandwich. Be as specific as possible. So if you're saying, I want to lose weight, how much weight do you want to lose, right? Be, you know, go down to the actual kilogram that you want to lose weight and set that goal and write it down. And number one thing, just, just write that down. Like not on your phone or anything like that, write it on pen and paper in somewhere that you can easily access, right? Maybe have it as like a post-it note in your car. 
and that's mm. your driving force. That that will get you to your goal um, because it will, you'll be reminded of it every single day. Second, mindset, really important. So you've got to act as if you're there already and then reverse engineer your strategy. If you if you want to be an OCR type athlete, if you want to run in obstacle course races, act as if you're an obstacle course race athlete already and then start reverse engineering the steps. So start saying, okay, you know what? You need to include more running into your routine. You need to include more compound lifting into your routine. You need to include some time to practice some obstacles into your routine. Um, and then set these up and put, put them in a calendar. Like my calendar is almost sacred. So if I set a time to do something, I kind of have to get it done on that particular day. You know, like you're going to find that life gets in, gets in the way of a lot of things. But if you remain adaptable um, to that particular schedule and you don't deviate too much um, from that schedule, then you will eventually get the results that you want. With any unnecessary, with anything that comes along as well in life, again, like, you know, for example, let's just say you've got an early morning 6 a.m. run and your friends are saying, let's, let's go out or, you know, and, and you're thinking, oh, wait, like I've got that 6 a.m. run and I probably should get to bed, then get to bed. Like that's your thing that you, you know, you can't have it both ways. Um, with any unnecessary thing that comes along, one of the stories that stuck with me is kind of like, ask yourself, is this going to help me or hinder me? Will it make the boat go faster? Um, it's what the um, Team GB rowing uh, rowing team, before they went to the Sydney 2008 Olympics, they were outsiders for winning gold. And when they were training for two years, each individual rower on that team asked themselves that question with absolutely everything in their personal and their training lives. So should I go out? Will it make the boat go faster? And if it didn't make the boat go faster, they would forego that thing and, and move on to things that would help the boat go faster. Um, that culminated in them actually winning gold um, at the Sydney 2008 Olympics. But it's a really interesting story. But it was amazing, like their attitude, like we've said goal and we've said mindset. So those mm-hmm. two things. And the third thing, trust the process. Um, you may not immediately see results. When you start um, training, you're going to find, you know, the results aren't going to come thick and fast. You're going to find some races where you, you probably do, do not finish. You know, you get DNF. Um, so... If, if something that, you know, if something feels like a chore, stop. You know, you don't need to carry on doing that thing. But at the same time, if you know the process works, then keep doing that process. So if you trust the process, you begin to love the process. And once you love the process, the results will come. So yeah, those three things. Your goal, your why, your mindset, and trust the process and love the process. <laughs> those are the things. Awesome. One more thing. Don't compare your results to anyone else's. So there's going to be a lot of times, there's going to be a lot of times when you look at, oh, but he can, you know, he can deadlift that much and I can't do that and he can do this and, you know, I can't do that. And, you know, it's kind of like, by all means, use them for inspiration, but aspiring to be like someone um, is ultimately going to lead to disappointment. Um, everyone's going to... What if you compare yourself to someone and, you know, you're doing better than him? Like, you know, I've done more obstacle course races than Foz. <laughs> Wait, you've only done one, right? Yeah, that tells you how much Foz has done. Yeah, but Foz, Foz will get them done as well. But I mean, I guess like you could compare. He had to, he had to get that in. You could tell he's been he's been thinking about it for ages. I had this written down since we planned the show. We should do an obstacle course race together in Canada. Let's do it in the snow. I, you know, I was actually going to suggest that though. We, we'd have like we we'd get we'd get we'd get two extremes. So we get extreme heat with Venice, and we get extreme. Cold with uh, fuzz, 
and then you guys can come it's to England. Because I bring the heat, and Foz is just a cold person. <laughs> well, Foz is just cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, awesome. Um, but thank you, Mo. I think it's been amazing. I think it's been you've been an inspiration, not just kind of for fitness. Yeah, I didn't complete OCR race. You know, I signed up for one. One. That wasn't your fault. Yeah. It was it was injury while we were training. But then looking at you and watching you guys, and when you see people around you doing stuff like that, you, it inspires you to do it as well. So it's your group of friends, but not just in fitness as well, but also kind of seeing how dedicated to are in your religion as well. It, it helps even me kind of when I look towards you. Um, there are other people like even in East and stuff like that. And there are the in our group of friends, in our circle of friends, we have people that are dedicated in religion. So it kind of helps you stay focused as well. So, but one last question from me. You have loads of inspirational rhymes. So whenever I look at your WhatsApp status, there's always these inspirational rhymes. And I always, I always try replying and making fun of them. If there was one that you had which kind of stuck in your mind, what's your inspirational line that kind of sticks to your mind and the kind of you want to share with people? This is, this is an amazing line. Probably one that I put up last week and it kind of hit me like it kind of almost like maybe, you know, sit down like type thing. Remember the times that you prayed for the things that you have now. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us like so many things. And, you know, we kind of don't think about when we get in those things. We're always kind of like looking at the next thing. You know, I want to get this or, I wanna, you know, I want to get this or, you know, whatever it is. Right. But we never kind of look at the blessings that he's given us every single day and those things that we used to pray for when we were younger or, you know, even like when we're older, I guess. Uh, remember the times that you pray for the things that you have now. So when you do that, you just kind of like ultimately you just want to give gratification to Allah, you know, like you want to you want to thank him for everything that you have. It's kind of not always about getting the next next thing. Um, it's kind of like just taking stock of what you have and, and just appreciating that. And, and that ultimately will drive, I think, happiness. And, and success Inshallah. Inshallah Awesome Mo it's been great Having you on the show Yeah thank you guys For having me on your show Yeah our Privileged. first guest Feel privileged First guest Yeah Another milestone for you Another another race you've conquered uh, This is my first First podcast that I've done um, Like this So Hope you've enjoyed it <laughs> Yeah I hope you guys Have enjoyed it we're, we're probably gonna have to Get you back Because there's quite a lot of things That I Wanting to discuss with you, but we just not had the time. No, um, so we'll definitely get you back and we'll definitely get your videos up of you doing the burpees. But also the li- links to your website. So where can we find you? Yeah, if, if people want to follow me, I guess Instagram is probably the best place to follow me. My username is at muddybeard. That's M-U-D-D-Y-B-E-A-R-D. Just think of mud on your beard. You can also follow uh, Halal Paleo, uh, which is on Instagram as well, which is at halal.paleo or facebook.com slash halalpaleo, or one word, um, which is H-A-L-A-L-P-A-L-E-O for training, uh, sorry, not training tips, um, nutrition tips. Although we are starting a training book with uh, Halal Paleo as well, we're going to call it Halal Power. Um, so that should be interesting. But um, yeah, keep tuned for that. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on the show. It's been awesome having you. We've learned so much and hopefully we'll see you again. Uh, we'll, we'll arrange a round two with Mo Kankara soon. Yeah, hopefully that'll be, uh, that'll be great. Thank you, Mo. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much, guys, for having me. Bye. Not over just yet, everyone. Of course we've got to plug ourselves. We hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some gold nuggets of wisdom. You can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. And you can follow us on Instagram at OneFootInTheSink 
and Twitter at One Foot in the Sink. For Twitter, you've got to do the number one as opposed to the word. Remember to leave us a review on iTunes, send us an email with any feedback, suggestions, any potential guests, or if you just want your message read out, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a line at info at onefootinthesink.com. That's me all done. See you guys soon.